0: in our world today. How about building strong spiritual walls that protects us and shields us against the enemy's attack? Because if there is a gap, if there is, there is a loophole, if there is any uh, any, any breach that the, the enemy is using, he will keep on traumatizing, tormenting you, and bringing your life again and again. And you find yourself moving in cycles. Today, we would like to put an end to that in the name of Jesus Christ. Can I hear a good amen from you? So now, with Nehemiah uh, uh, being neither a construction worker like myself here, not even a contractor, not even a stones mason at that time. You know, Nehemiah was not an expert at all in war repair. We all agree. His work was a cupbearer to the king. He was taken very young, or even, yeah, as you as they went to captivity and all that. He he was not an expert in. He was not an expert in war repairs and everything that required. You know, but God used him because he was a willing servant. God used Nehemiah because Nehemiah was a willing servant. I just want you to think about yourself, how much God can do through your life beyond this world's qualification, beyond careers and academics and every other thing and spiritual calling, how much God can use your life if you were ready. Willing and available servant. That's what Nehemiah was. He had passion in his heart to see things change. He didn't want to see things being de- uh, the same way they were. He was comfortable. He was okay. Whatever the king ate, he ate first. Of course, his life was at risk because what happened would be if the, the king was poisoned, he would die first. But very few people could attempt even at killing the king through food poisoning because they knew the systems that the king would have many people would eat before the king eats. So a person would easily be caught. We don't hear in the Old Testament of any king or kings who were poisoned through food, all right? Because there are these systems where a king would not just eat things direct from the kitchen. There will be somebody to eat after they had eaten and wait a few minutes before Uh, if they they don't die, then the king will come and die, you know. So they had to cook in in good time so that the the people would eat and then the king. We see this about Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. We see this about Daniel, who was what we call Daniel's fast. He did not eat the food that were offered to the kings, the meat and all that. He refused to eat those for 21 days or more. And we see all these systems, all these systems in the Bible. So, but But this man was well to do. He had everything. He had all the rights, the privileges, and the connection to the king. Like some of us could settle for less, could settle for those things, and become comfortable because our lives are comfortable. But Nehemiah did not want to settle for less. He had to look at the bigger picture. He had to look at the future. He had to look at the destiny. He had to look at tomorrow rather than just looking at today. And he said, "King, I am not comfortable. I need to be permitted to go and rebuild the walls of Jerusalem." What is it that you needing to look to pay attention, or your eye, or your gaze at in your life, in your family? What is it that requires change? What walls do you need to build around the security of your family, your children, the future generation? What is it that is requiring strengthening and rebuilding in the church? Do we have people like Nehemiah who would be so passionate in wanting to see change? In wanting to see things done differently? As we look through the book of Nehemiah these days and the coming days, May God kindle within you a greater desire to serve, to be ready and willing to rebuild any wars in your life in the name of Jesus. May God give you that strong desire to want to see things change and done differently. There's a difference between knowing things are are not okay and do nothing about it with knowing things are not okay and you rise up to do something about it. There are many times we look at things and things are not okay and we just remove our eyes from them and don't care about them and continue about with the busyness of our lives. But here God is calling us to invite him in this partnership, in this work of rebuilding the walls of our lives. I want you to pray after me. Repeat after me and say, Lord, Show me the broken walls you want me to rebuild. Use me to rebuild the broken foundations in my life and in the lives of others. In the name of Jesus, Lord, every wall in my life that is broken, that is under attack, use me, create within me. A strong desire to rise up and to repair them in the name of Jesus. Say, Lord, may you put an end to the work of the enemy, to the attack of the devil towards my life, my future, my family. In the name of Jesus, I decree and declare an end to the work of the enemy. In the name of Jesus. I declare walls of protection around my children, around my family, around my household, around my future, around my work, around my business, around my career. I declare fire over them. I declare the blood of Jesus over them. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Amen. I hope you are ready to pray today. I hope you are ready to pray today. I am ready to pray. There are many things I'm looking at in my life, and I am not comfortable about how certain things are going. I am not comfortable about where I am probably. I am not comfortable because I know God has much more for me. I know God has so much more for me. But I can also tell there's so much resistance in this world towards good endeavors and the project that God has for me. I hope that is your view as well. That God, may you use me like Nehemiah. May you use me to do so much more in this life that I can build other people's lives so that I can build other families so, so that I can build your work so that I can be the light to this world full of darkness. I hope that's your confession today and if we are on this and we are going to pray and I believe God will bring about change in Jesus name. Do you believe with me? So first Peter before we go to our reading let me quote first Peter chapter 2 verse 4 and verse 5. Here's what the Bible is saying. As you come to him God is talking about Christ. As you come to him, the living stone, you also are like living stones. And you are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Now, here is what God is doing. He's building a spiritual house. He's building uh, a house. And he himself is a chief cornerstone. He's a living, he's a living brick. And the Bible calls him a chief cornerstone. A cornerstone that the builders despised and rejected. But he is the pillar that puts up a whole house together. Now, Jesus being the pillar of his church, the Bible says that he is building a spiritual house. He is building his church. And he says that I will build my church, he says to Peter and Matthew. And the gates of Hades, the gates of hell, will never and can never prevail against it. And he says to you and me, the Bible says, Peter says, we also are living bricks. We are living stones. And together, God is using us to build this spiritual house. He's using us to build the church. He's using us to build our families, both physically and spiritually. And he says, in this work of construction that is going on, the enemy cannot succeed because Jesus is the chief cornerstone. He is the pillar that is holding the entire life together. If God be for you, who can be against you? If God says yes, who can say no? Today the Bible tells us that no height, no depth, no angel, no death, no life, nothing can separate us from the power, from the life, from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus working in us. The Bible tells me that the people who know they are God, they will be strong and they will do exploits. I decree and declare over your life today, whatever the enemy has been doing against your life, today it shall crumble down in the name of Jesus. It shall be broken in the name of Jesus. Enough is enough as children of God being toasted to and from. Whatever you try to do just dies by the power of the enemy. Whatever you try to set your mind on, there will be confusion, sicknesses, diseases, attacks left, center, right, just to frustrate your wake, your mind, your focus away from that. Whatever you try to think good thoughts so that your lives will be better. There is mental sicknesses, emotions, torture, stress, all these things, depression that comes just to take your mind away from building that house, that future, that project, that career. Today, I rebuke the enemy on your behalf in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I came as a construction worker to stand with you and begin to rebuild whatever the enemy is doing. Are you with me this morning? Are you with me this morning? In Nehemiah uh, chapter 4, verse 1, I want us to read together so quickly through the screen. I think it's going to be put there. Let us just have a context or understanding. Uh, towards, towards what we are building or we are doing. Okay, I want a chapter 4. Uh-huh, just give me a second. I know you've got it there. All right, there we go. Nehemiah chapter 4 and verse 1. Here's what the Bible says. Please read with me, follow through the screen. The Bible says, when Sanballat heard that we were rebuilding the walls, when the enemies heard that we are rebuilding the walls, He became angry and was greatly incensed. He ridiculed the Jews. And in the presence of his associates and the army of Samaria, he said, what are those feeble Jews doing? Will they restore their war? Can you hear them ridiculing what you are doing? Can you hear the enemies despising your efforts? Can can they restore their war? Will they offer sacrifices? Will they finish in a day? Can they bring the stones back to life from the heaps of rubble, bend as they are? Tobiah the Ammonite, who was at his side, said, What they are building, even a fox climbing up on it, it would break down their wall of stones. Hear us, our God, for we are despised. Turn their insults back on their own heads. Give them over as plunder in a land of captivity. Do not cover up their guilty or blot out their sins from your sight. For they have thrown insults in the face of the builders. That was the prayer of Nehemiah. Verse six So we built the wall till all the rich till it reached half its height. For the people worked with all their hearts. For the people waked with all their heart. But when Sanballat, Tobiah, the Arabs, and the Ammonites, and the people of Ashdod heard that the repairs to Jerusalem's wars had gone ahead, and that the gaps were being closed. I hope you are paying attention to those key words. And the gaps were being closed. They were very angry. They all plotted together to come and fight against Jerusalem and and stir up trouble against it. But we prayed to our God and posted a guard day and night to meet this threat. Meanwhile, the people in Judah said, The strength of the laborers is given out, and there is so much rubble that we cannot rebuild the wall." Also, our enemies said, before they know it, or see us; we will right there among. will be right there among them, and we'll kill them and put an end to the work. Then the Jews who lived near them came and told us ten times over, wherever you turn, they will attack us. Therefore, I stationed some of the people behind the lowest points of the wall, at the exposed places, posting them by families with their swords, spears, and bows. After I looked things over, I stood up and said to the nobles, to the officials and the rest of the people, Don't be afraid of them. Don't be afraid of them. Remember the Lord. Turn to your neighbor and and tell them, remember the Lord. Tell your neighbor, remember the Lord. He is powerful and mighty. So Nehemiah told the people and said, remember the Lord. He is great and awesome. And fight for your families, fight for your sons, fight for your daughters, fight for your wives, fight for your homes, Nehemiah says. When our enemy heard that we were aware of their plot and that God had frustrated it, we all returned to the war, each to our own work. From that day on, half of my men did work, while the other half were equipped with spears, shields, bows, and armor. The officers posted themselves behind all the people of Judah who were building the wall. Those who carried materials did their work with one hand and held a weapon in the other. And each of the builders wore his sword at his side as he worked. But the man who sounded the trumpet stayed with me. Verse 19. Then I said to the nobles, the officials, and the rest of the people, the work is extensive and is spread out, and we are widely separated from each other along the wall. Wherever you hear the sound of the trumpet, join us there. Our God will fight for us. Your God will fight for you. Verse 21, So we continued the work with half the men holding spears, from the first light of the dawn till the stars came out. At that time, I also said to the people, Have every man and his helper stay inside Jerusalem at night so they can save us as gods by night and as wakers by day. Neither I, nor my brothers, nor my men, nor the gods with me took off our clothes. Each had his weapon, even when he went for water. Amen. Now, the situation we are seeing here is Nehemiah trying to strategize and begin the rebuild, begin the construction of work. But then we see him encountering threats from the enemies who did not want this work to progress. We see mockery here beginning as they started to rebuild, we see ridicule also being done in order to frustrate their work, to frustrate this noble cause that these people had. And this work specifically was done, the work of ridicule and the mockery to frustrate them was done from different groups from Sanballat, from Tobiah, and the Arab, the Arabas these guys they came forth to try and frustrate the work to come and try to bring the morals of the workers down to come and tell them how it was impossible for them to be able to accomplish the task they had uh, started doing but Nehemiah did not give in to the threats that came from these guys Sanballat this guy Sanballat was an official from Samaria. He was an official from Samaria who was married to, to uh, married in the family of the king and, and also he was an official in that particular city. So Samaria was a different city. But you know what? Everyone was afraid of what would become of Jerusalem if the wars were completed. Everyone did not want to see, every nation around them did not want to see Jerusalem established Implemented, firm, rooted, standing strong and with protection, because they knew that what they could do was much more than the surrounding cities. They knew that if Jerusalem was to be united, all the other tribes would rise up and they will have strength and courage, because in Jerusalem that's where the Ark of the Covenant was found. In the temple, that's where the ark was found. They prayed to their God. They gave sacrifices to their God. That's why you saw in the readings, and Paulette was saying, can their war finish? Can they rebuke? Can they finish to take out rebels? Can they offer sacrifices? What it meant was, when they offered sacrifices to God on the altar, the people were strengthened, the people were standing strong, and they would fight and attack. Anyone who comes because they knew that God was on their side. So they were ridiculing. So Sanballat, actually, I was just looking up what the name Sanballat means. He was named uh, from Babylon in captivity as well. Sanballat means the results of sin. A man reborn from sin. That's what the name Sanballat means. So San, it was... uh, Uh, like it was a person. Then in Hebrew, they'll call it balut. The balut means the results of sin. You know, like the outcome of sin. That was the man. He was born from sin. That was that guy. He was known for being so evil because of the works that he did. He was known for being so... Actually, the story says that uh, this guy in Samaria, he was actually named after the, the moon god, a goddess, that was the, the god of immorality and prostitution. So they named him after this god because of the evil that this guy was able to do in his life, that he did. And then we see it even in him, it was, it's not like he belonged to Jerusalem or to the Israelites, he was... He belonged to a nearby city like Ndola is a city and Kitwe is a different city or different tribe. And then the guy belonged to Kitwe, totally separated from Ndola. But he did not want any work to continue. They were all giving tribute to the king to King Nebuchadnezzar and to other kings around, around the nations and all that. They would take their fruits so and they would take things to go and pay homage to the kings around. So he threatens Nehemiah and said, we know you want to become a king. We only have one king, but we know you want to become a king. Accusation began. But Nehemiah said, all oh, what you are saying, you are making it out of your head. And I see a good attitude from Nehemiah, who did not give in to the enemy. He was fighting, but that did not stop the work that he was doing. Many times when we come across little troubles and little fights and ridicule and there, the first thing that we do is to stop whatever we are doing and give in to the enemy. We see a right attitude from Nehemiah. He would fight on all fronts. He fought against these enemies of progress. At the same time, he was rebuilding the wars. He was rebuilding the wars. Another threat or enemy to Nehemiah and the Israelites we see is a man called Tobiah. Actually, this guy has a very good, 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 good name. Tobiah means God helps. That's what it means, with the help of God. The one who moves with the help of God. Uh, And we see this man was was also an official who who had married to a king in the king's family, actually. There was a lady by the name of Sarah who was married to seven different guys. But there there was a goddess in her that killed all the men that she married. And then Tobias' father at some point became sick and he was blind then he was healed by this same goddess in which, which had possessed this woman and then he commanded that this god, goddess could come into Sarah's life and then she was demanding and claiming sacrifice from the guys that's just from history and literature so this guy was a combination both of the enemy right inside and also a man that was supposed to have a great and better destiny and then he was being used of the enemy to be able to bring down the wake that was going on in Jerusalem. So we see these two combinations. And then the Arabs, they are teamed up Bala Tobiah, and the Arabs to come and fight one man. That was Nehemiah and the entire Jewish nation. But God was with them. It doesn't matter how many people surrounding you and around you trying to work against you. I came to encourage somebody this morning. If you rise up to build, your God will be with you to the end. You don't need to give up and be frustrated over what they are doing. Your God will fight for you. Your God will fight for you. So what do we need to do in order for us to rebuild? What do we need to remember? As we rebuild, what do we need to have in our mind as we rebuild? Number one, we have to resist the enemy. There are many times when we give enemy room, we give him the seat in our lives. And we are too coward. We are afraid of what the enemy is doing. We can't even resist or approach him. The Bible says, resist the enemy and he will flee from you. Resist the devil. And we will flee from you. God speaks to Cain and say, The enemy is approaching us at your door in Genesis. "Sin is at your door. But God says, Overcome it. Resist it. Because God has given us power to resist whatever it is that the enemy is doing. God has given you capacity to also be offensive towards the enemy's attack. And I want you this year, as the year comes to an end, to rise up with an offensive approach towards the enemy's wake in the name of Jesus. He has tormented your family for too long. He has tormented your destiny for too long. He has tormented your children far too long. He has tormented every good thing that you are doing far too long. I want to put in fire within your heart. And I want you to stand on your feet and resist this enemy. Nehemiah did not give in and and be threatened by what these guys were doing. But Nehemiah stood up. He held his ground. And he said to the people, fight for your houses. Fight for your families. Fight for your children, fight for your wives, fight for your city, fight for your destiny. Don't give in to the enemy, but resist him. There may be some trends going on in your life or in your family, or some certain patterns that you can even see, that each time I try to go two steps forward, there are just things that happen to pull me back. You may see certain trends each time you want to focus on to something. There's just situations that happen to defy what you are doing. You have to rise up and resist it in the name of Jesus. Every defiance to, to good endeavor, every mockery to what you are doing. Today, you have to rise up. You have to know that it's not okay for the enemy to keep on bringing you down and bringing you down. You have to resist and rise up. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 4 to verse 6 it says the weapon we fight with, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They are not weak. They are not feeble. They are not nothing. But it says they are powerful to the pulling down of all strongholds. The weapons that we fight with, they are so powerful. They have divine power. They are Forged by God himself. They have got divine ability. They have the dynamis, the power to be able to destroy whatever it comes across. Whatever it comes in its way. We are empowered with the weapons of welfare. We are empowered with the weapons of warfare. They are not of this world. We do not fight against flesh and blood. We do not fight against spirit and powers. We fight against the high powers, the resistance of the enemy. And God has equipped you and me to resist the enemy. To demolish the arguments. To demolish and bring down pretensions. To be able to bring down every power. Whether the enemy is using our mind. We can rebuke with the power of faith and our words. And the enemy will cower in the name of Jesus. Whether the attack is coming from your children being sick all the time. You can rebuke and they will be healed. Whether it's coming from financial crisis and poverty. And all these other issues are coming. You've got the weapons of warfare. To rebuke what the enemy is doing. And the enemy will let go. As long as you stand up. And resist the enemy. Resist him. Resist him. Do not give the enemy room. He has been playing with your life far too long. You do not have to give him room again. Like Nehemiah, keep building your life and keep resisting the enemy. Do not give in to his tactics and mockery. Do not give in to his frustrations and whichever ways he might come. The Bible says in Psalms, they will, come, uh, seven, uh, they will come in one direction, but they will be scattered. they will be scampered, they will be scattered in seven different directions. He says, "No weapon formed against you forged against you shall prosper." The Bible says that 10,000 shall fall to your right, thousand to your left, but with your eyes you shall see the reward of the wicked. You have to stand with the weapon of God's word and rebuke the enemy. And he will flee from you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We have the weapon, the word of God, the blood of Jesus, the name of Jesus, our weapon. The Bible says, at the mention of the name of Jesus, every knee will bow down, every enemy will confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God. He says that we overcome the enemy with the blood of Jesus and the word of our testimony. You have all the weapons. God has, God has given you all the munitions that you need to overcome the enemy. Don't give in. Resist the enemy. The second thing we need to remember, we need to do, is remember the Lord. Remember the Lord. In chapter 4, we read verse 14, where Nehemiah says, Don't be afraid of them. He says, After I looked things over, I stood up and said to the nobles, the officials, and the rest of the people, don't be afraid of them remember the lord remember the lord the lord is greater the lord is awesome the lord is mighty he's able to fight for you and he fight for your families he's able to fight for your sons and your daughter, for your daughters for your wives and for your homes remember the lord if god be for us who can be against us I love what God says in Exodus to Moses. He says, tell all the people not to worry. Tell them to stand still. Not to sit. He tells them to stand still. To stand still, ready for the battle. Why should they stand still? He says, and watch. I am teaching your enemies a lesson. The Lord will fight for you. Keep your peace. Be quiet, but stand still. Ready. Ready. With an offensive attack over the enemy's skins to fight against whatever the enemy is doing. Nehemiah says, remember the Lord. Remember the Lord. He's awesome. The Lord is powerful. The Lord is mighty. Remember the Lord. Sometimes there are things that comes our way and our direction and we feel like they are too much for me. Some of us, we give in. It could be peer pressure. We give in and become like everybody else. It could be what we are doing, the resistance uh, of the enemy and the scheming of the enemy is just too much. Sometimes we give given to the attacks of the enemy. Maybe other times it's the ridicule. You're trying to start something like, ah, where will you go? Many have tried, they have failed. In your family, actually, many have tried to progress academically. Or many have tried to go and finish their universities. They failed. Who are you? You know, there's that ridicule comes in many different trickery and, and facets. It could be maybe you finish your education, you finish your your degree or your diploma, and they're like, oh, look at how many people are done studying or schooling in your family. Who is working? Who is doing well? Where are you going to go? There's always these negativities that is going on from the camp of the enemy. It could be maybe in the way of your projects or businesses. Whenever you try to rise up to have some businesses to build your financial muscles, your financial capacity to feather your life for- forward, and just there's just so much resistance. Whatever you try to lay your hands on just doesn't work. Ridicule and mockery from Satan can come in so many different directions. But I want you today to remember that God is on your side. I want you to remember that God is for you. He is with you. He is for you. There's no mountain God cannot climb to come to your help. There's no valley God cannot cross to come to your help. There's nowhere where you can be where God cannot reach out to your help. All you need to do is remember the Lord. Follow God's instruction. Follow God's guidance. Be with God. Remember God. Remember God. Remember the Lord. There are many times, uh, maybe we are succeeding in one or different direction and we forget the Lord. Maybe we have been praying and we've been doing a lot and, and God gives us breakthrough and we forget Him. Remember the Lord because there's just so much more He has to offer. Remember the Lord. Find a reason to fight for. Nehemiah told them, You have the reason. To fight for. You have the reason for these walls to be built. The reason is protection for your homes. Provision for your families. The reason is peace in your homes. In your, with your wives and spouses. In your marriages. Peace in your families. Peace in your city. The Bible says that pray for the peace of the city where I have sent you. For if it prospers, you too shall prosper. There's a reason for us to rise up and fight. There's a reason for you to stand up and resist. And the reason is because you have responsibilities. You have a destiny. You have the future to fight for. Do not take it as normal and allow it to keep on going the way it's been going. No. Enough is enough. You have to stand. And see that your children are blessed. You have to stand your ground and see that your life prospers. You have to stand your ground and see to it that your family is thriving. You have to stand your ground and see to it that your life is progressing. Do not give in to what the enemy is doing. He says, remember the Lord. Remember the Lord. Remember the Lord. How do you need to remember the Lord? Or maybe where do you need to remember the Lord? how are you forgetting the lord ask yourself questions am i committed to prayer am i committed to the word of god do i read do i find time to that am i committed to the church this is not the work of Pastor Lynn, neither work of Pastor Lunda or anyone in here. This is the work of God. And God will reward us according to our works. When we come here to save, it's not like because we all have nothing to do. I know we are so busy with about life and all that. But it's because of the reverence of God and fellowship with one another, building one another. That's what brings us together. And God has commanded us in his word. Do not be in a habit like some of them who have forsaken fellowship of believers. Sometimes we become too busy in life with nothing. Because the Bible says we'll live all these things one day. And if our lives are not built, if the walls of our lives are not built, we will lose everything. What can profit a man to gain the whole world and loses his own life? Solomon says, Protect your heart, the walls around your heart, for out of it springs life, the issues of life. May we not give the enemy too much room. Here's another thing to remember. Respect the family. That's why it's leading us to the respect for our family. Our families are important. Our families are important in both ways such that in a positive sense, these families can build us and strengthen us and is a source of courage. And God is a God of families. On the other aspect is that when the enemy finds room in the family, no matter how strong you are, the enemy will find a way of bringing you down. Family as a way of bringing mighty ones down. They know your secrets. And Jesus at one point said, Man's own enemies, most powerful enemies are the members of his own house. <laughs> in what sense? One or another. It, it could mean, doesn't mean that you have got enemies in your house. It could, mean, it could mean that if the enemy attacks any from your family, your mind won't be focused on anything constructive. Imagine your children are sick your mind will be home. Your wife, your husband is sick, your mind will be home. If they are not obedient to the Lord, the children are not growing in the fear of the Lord, you will be burdened no matter how well you may be, no matter how much money you have. If your family is not going well, your life is not going well. Even things that you do so well and people know you for that, if things are not going on well in your family, you fail to be productive at things that you are excellent at. So that's why we have to protect the family. That's why we have to take care of families. That's why we are. Ha- so Nehemiah tells them, remember your family, fight for your family. Fight for your family. And we see in, chapter f- in, in verse 14, chapter 6, chapter 6, verse 14, the Bible tells us of an intimidation that started happening from within. Tobiah and Balat they stopped their scheme, they changed their attacks. From coming direct to Nehemiah, do you know what they begin to do? They begin to attack Nehemiah's family. They begin to go within. And look at this, the prophets. They begin to attack the prophets. They begin to attack the prophetesses. They begin to attack the construction workers. They begin to attack the families. So Nehemiah says, protect, fight for your families. Fight for your families. There was one of the people who was actually one of the priests in the temple where Nehemiah went and said this guy was calling him come let us lock ourselves in the church in the temple because the enemy is coming tonight to kill you. And Nehemiah discovers that this guy actually was being bribed and hired by Sanballat and Tobiah to attack to bring frustration to Nehemiah to bring frustration to Nehemiah the battle within. We see the battle within. I can tell you when when the enemy attacks and takes over your family, the battle becomes intense. When the enemy manages to win some few people who are so dear to you, whose voice matters a lot, matters a lot to you, you will begin to fight from many different angles. But then we have to protect families. We have to pray for families. We have to stand together with families. We have to rise up as families and begin to see God protecting and strengthening our lives together. Nehemiah says to this guy, no, I won't come. Why should I lock myself up in the church, a man like me? Why should I lock myself in the temple? What reputation will there be? He discovers that though this man is somebody that he respected and within the family, the enemy was using him to discredit himself. He was using this man to discredit Nehemiah. If he went to hide because there was an attack coming at night, everyone else who was looking up to Nehemiah would have been frustrated. The wall construction wouldn't have gone anywhere. You know why the enemy wants to bring you down? You know why the enemy wants to fight? It's because he knows how many people are looking up to you. Your standing, your strength, your charisma, your courage, your faith is fueling other people's faith to rise up. There are many people today who are continuing doing good because you are their role model. And the enemy would like by any means to bring you down so that someone's role model would be finished and terminated and they won't find a reason to stand strong. I want to encourage you today, stand strong because the Lord is on your side. Stand strong because the Lord is building with you. Stand strong because God is on your side. You are not alone. You are not alone. I want us to read this last scripture and we are going to pray. What, uh, I'll just quote this. We, we see it from Second Chronicles, uh, a man called Jehoshaphat. He had a similar situation coming his way. Jehoshaphat in 2 in, in Chronicles chapter 20, if we start reading from verse 1 going down, from verse 1 to verse, verse 5, Jehoshaphat is telling us about what is going on. And, you know, they were uh, under a siege. The city was under siege uh, from the enemies for many days. And, and there were threats of other enemies coming to attack and bring down the walls. These are like so many years before Nehemiah's time. So now... Jehoshaphat brought all the people together and he began to pray to the Lord. He says, he calls the whole city and said two things are going to empower us and give us strength. And he says, the praise to the Lord and the warfare. We will praise God as we fight in prayer. They began to pray and fast. They were praying and fasting and singing songs to the Lord, raising up praises to the Lord Almighty. At the same time, praying and saying, God come through for us. The Bible says that God fought for them. He overcame their battles. He overcame the enemy. And the battle that was so big, too big for, for Jehoshaphat and the team to fight, the Lord overcame on their behalf. And this is what also happened to Nehemiah, to, to and to Jehoshaphat, to and Nehemiah, and Zerubbabel. That's the same thing that happened. The Bible says that as they continued, the priests continued, every man continued. People were willing and, and wholehearted towards work. And Nehemiah continued fighting. You know what happened? The construction of the work was finished. The work was finished. And the Bible says, when the walls stood up strong and tall, built from the rubbles, strong built from the rubbles, the enemy's courage dwindled. The enemy's courage to fight just terminated because they knew that there's nothing that can bring them down. You, when your life is strong, when your life is solid, when you have protected your life and built the walls around your life, some of the enemies will not rise up against you anymore. You fight certain battles that you will never fight again. You win them for life. There are certain battles we have to win for life. We don't, we don't need to keep on fighting same and same over the same things again and again. There's something that needs to be done. We need to progress we need to be better we need to run fast and we need to keep on building hallelujah are you ready to pray with me are you ready to pray for your families are you ready to pray for your future i can't hear you you sound like weak soldiers i know you are strong are you ready to to pray for your future the future of your family the future of your career the future of your your household your faith We are going to pray together. Pray against every defiance of the enemy. Stand up to your feet as we pray together.